0: Hey everyone, thanks for choosing to listen to LJN Radio and checking into this podcast, You Do What? Now here we check out a variety of non-traditional jobs, maybe they're a little strange or ones people just don't know exist. Regardless, the point is to let you know there are plenty of ways to carve out a successful career. I'm your host, Tim Muma, and this particular show goes behind the scenes of technology and computers. Unfortunately, there are plenty of individuals looking to steal sensitive information, wreak some havoc, and even make money off of others by hacking into various secure systems. On the flip side, you have ethical hackers. Now, these would be the good guys, and we have one of them joining us from Maryland today. His name is J.D. Near, and he is an associate security consultant for Independent Security Evaluators. Thanks for coming on today, J.D.
1: I'm glad to be here, Tim.
0: Uh, now for those who don't know, in summary, I gave obviously a little brief synopsis there, but how would you describe what exactly an ethical hacker does?
1: Sure. So a lot of people tend to look at computers as like magic. They, you know, don't really know how they work. They just trust them to to do what they do. If you had a you know, you bring your car to like a mechanic to check under the hood and make sure everything's working properly. That's more or less what we do. If you've got a, a big computer system or a, a technical product that before you release you just want to check uh, everything is okay and nobody's going to be able to take advantage of it, you bring it to us. We'll look under the hood. We'll check everything's right. And If there are any problems that someone could take advantage of, we'll report those back to you.
0: Well, that's a good way to look at it, just comparing it to something that uh, you know people might have a better perception on. Do you see this or in what way do you see this as a, an important job or maybe having a, a greater purpose from a societal standpoint or a human standpoint? I mean, how do you really look at your role, your purpose?
1: Sure. I mean, I think absolutely uh, what we do is sort of important because nowadays everything is computers. Mm. There's you know a computer in your home um, in, at work. There's a computer at your bank. There's a computer when you go to the pharmacy you know, if you're driving to work, there's probably two or three different computers in your car. There's another one in your pocket because um, <laughs> your cell phone at this point is probably more powerful than what they used to, to launch the space shuttle. So, you know, all of these are designed by humans and whenever humans design things, they make mistakes. And sometimes those can be exploited.
0: With that in mind, and you mentioned, you know, obviously, as everyone knows, technology and computers are, are all over the place, as you just brought up on a, on a brief scale. What was it exactly that drove you into this profession? Was there something that got it started for you? Was it always an interest? Like, sort of take us through your path into where you've gotten today.
1: Sure. Um, so when I was a kid, I loved video games. Real big on video games, uh, and a big part of video games are cheat codes. Ah. Uh, and there's there's sort of two <laughs> two types of cheat codes. Some the designers, the game designers, put there on purpose for for players to find. But then there are glitches. Um, one of the you know famous glitches when I was a kid was in Pokemon. Uh, you could get super powerful Pokemon if you did this really weird sequence of things. And I always wanted to know, you know, well, how do these glitches work? Like, why why is this in the game? Sure. Um, and glitches are, you know, computer bugs that players can exploit to get some sort of in-game advantage. And once, you know, I started figuring that out, I did some programming. I would look at the game again, come back and realize that. And I was like, that's really cool. I've been hacking since, you know, third grade <laughs> on the back of the bus. The big thing for me was uh, going to the DEF CON hacker convention in Las Vegas, which is held there every year. Uh, And that was when I saw, you know, not only could you hack a a little Game Boy game for, uh, you know, beat up all your friends, but people actually did this as their job and actually protected people um, from, you know, much more important
0: hacks. Well, for all those listening out there who think video games have no... uh... No benefit at all. There you go. You just, you just proved that <laughs> point right there. So I appreciate that because I, I, too, enjoy uh, uh, video games now and then. Now, you did mention the idea of, uh, you know, that's sort of where you got started and, and, you know, you wanted to sort of be on the good side of things. But what sort of reaction do you get from people when you mention what you do or do you have to take a lot of time to explain and really break it down for them? What, what's sort of the, the typical way that that occurs?
1: Uh, well, there's definitely a, a wide reaction, often depending on, you know, sort of the generation. Um, for a lot of, you know, my, my parents and my grandparents it's hacking is sort of like black magic. Um, <laughs> the computer is already wizardry. And, you know, if I'm doing something on someone else's computer, forget it. Um, most of my peers are are fascinated with what I do mm-hmm. because Hollywood has sort of made, you know, hacking sexy with a uh, girl with the dragon tattoo and the matrix, sure. and, you know, hackers from the eighties. So more or less it's, uh, you know, a, a positive reaction. What? What? It's kind of a cool industry, I guess.
0: Well, it's interesting you bring that up because when we have shows on here, we talk about, we ask about myths, like myths that are out there about a profession. You sort of brought up maybe even in Hollywood and and television that it's sort of portraying you guys in a in a better light than what people might think. Are there negative myths still out there? Do you think it's mostly positive now? What's sort of your take on on how this sort of profession is portrayed?
1: Um, Well, I certainly uh, work with a lot of guys that don't sit in their basement all day. Oh, good. Um, Good. Don't live with their parents still. (laughs) We're, uh, you know, responsible adults like everyone else. Um, We don't wear suits, but, you know, we do sort of dress up for work. Uh, So, you know, I think sort of there's that myth of computer hackers are all kids in their basement. So that's certainly not true. Um, But, yeah, I think a lot of it, you know, we also uh, don't drive around sports cars and get met up by men with guns frequently. So. (laughs) The Hollywood aspect is uh, not entirely accurate either.
0: Yeah, they obviously take a lot of creative licensing, good and bad, in in cases, as you just brought up. Uh, Since you don't run into a lot of uh, gun-toting criminals uh, on your daily basis, can you fill us in a little bit of what your typical day might be like and just, you know, what goals you have with a client or or what exactly you're trying to accomplish with uh, some of these instances?
1: Sure. Um, So a client uh, will come to us with a new product or a service and we will say, you know, we want you to evaluate this or... We're worried about this particular aspect, um, and there's normally three things that we try and do. Uh, the first is, is completely take control of a system. Mm-hmm. Um, this is, you know, the the big success is if we can get your system to do whatever we want. That's obviously a huge problem. Um, the other, you know, a, a second lesser thing is if we can just get it to do one thing. Uh, so if you're a bank computer and I can make the command send all of Tim's money to JD's account. Even if I can't you know, take control of the whole system, obviously that's bad. Um, and then the last thing is if we can deny service. So if we can shut down your computer, if we mm-hmm. can block incoming requests. So we look at a bunch of different ways um, that might happen. We analyze source code, which is you know, the, the program at sort of its lowest level. We also look at, in some cases, uh, how humans interact with things. Because even if your program is designed so it doesn't have any you know, flaws and the the ones and zeros that make it up. If it's non-intuitive or if users will do things that leave themselves open, to be exploited, we want to point that out as well.
0: I mean, so is that what really just constitutes a success for you is if you're able to find out, you know, find those ways and means to get in and then uh, be able to help them? Are there different ways you sort of gauge your success? How does that all work?
1: Um, Well, finding problems is, is what we go for. But, uh, the real golden standard is if we can uh, design a proof of concept exploit where not only do we say, "Hey, you know, you should probably fix this," but to really drive home the point, uh, we can write a sample where we can show them, like, "This is us doing something on your product that you don't want us to do."
0: Right. No, that makes the, perfect sense. The really
1: dangerous thing is um, coming back with, you know, everything's a-okay. That's sort of if you want to negatively define success, a failure is saying. Everything is fine because uh, then if they get hacked, it looks really bad for us.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, uh, that's pretty easy to understand that side of it. I want to ask you also, this is something that's brought up to me on occasion, and it's easy for people to understand why, you know, an individual would try to hack in to get important information or to somehow redirect funds, as you sort of mentioned there. But it would appear that sometimes people are just trying to wreak havoc with others, and, and I don't know if they're just having fun or what. What's your perception of what individuals are trying to do, with the different aspects that they're trying to affect when they are trying to, you know, some sort of virus or they're trying to hack in for, so, for no other reason other than to have fun, it seems like. What's sort of your perception of all that?
1: Sure. So um, I think the, the best analogy I've got is a uh, Rubik's Cube. So most of us look at a Rubik's Cube and it's super frustrating. We picked it up as a kid. We twisted it around. It was hard. It was always, you know, never looked good. Um, but there are some people that love these and they can do it blindfolded in 30 seconds and it's amazing. So people who love these kinds of puzzles just view, in some senses, hacking as a, another one of those because it's, it's difficult. It's not, you know, you're sort of follow step A, B, and C and get result D.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you really have to be creative and uh, think outside the box to make the computer do something that its designer didn't want it to do. And for a lot of people, when you, you know, for, for hackers, when you succeed in that and you get it to do what it wasn't supposed to do, that's where the thrill comes. Now, sure, some people use that to, to make money legally, but others, you know, just want that thrill. Um, and then what you do at that point, you know, some people feel justified in, hey, I've I've taken control, I've owned your system. Uh, I want to make sure you know about it, so I'm gonna you know mess with your stuff a little bit. Sure. That's My my sort of victory for myself.
0: No, that makes sense. And now, have you come across people, clients, uh, maybe just on an individual basis, that maybe feel uneasy or uh, don't have that? I you know, mean, there's some trust issues there, knowing that you are attempting to get in their system and attempting to you know maybe play around. Obviously, you're looking to do a particular job, but. Unfortunately, people, as we talked about, have, have negative thoughts, negative ideas. Do you come across a lot of trust issues with clients or other individuals?
1: Well, certainly not professionally. Okay. Um, the, in the industry, there are very, very clear guidelines. Um, you don't touch anything you are not authorized to touch in writing. Um, we are you know, a very respected company. We've been around for a number of years, so clients come to us with a fair amount of confidence. Um, They're frequently referred from, you know, another company that that we've worked with and helped. So clients, um, you know, almost uh, actually, to my knowledge, have never had any sort of problem with with anything we've done. Mm -hmm. Um, They're always very, you know, grateful for the work we do. And in general, you know, personally, most people tend to be too trusting uh, and, (laughs) and, you know, not suspicious enough, which is why sort of some of these problems do come up and, you know, some of the, the scams we hear about, so I, you know, I haven't actually interact had any sort of negative interaction of oh, you know, right. you're you're a hacker, eh? I I don't want to associate with the likes of you.
0: <laughs> well, you heard it here first. J.D. Near says uh, trust nobody because it'll get you nowhere. <laughs> uh, that's not exactly what you said, but something along those lines. Now, when you're looking at at this type of profession, this discipline, clearly some of the skills are obvious in terms of what you need to uh, be able to do and understand, but. Do you point to any other personality traits or any other skill sets that really to you are essential to be successful when, when performing these types of things?
1: Sure. So there's, I guess, three three big things um, that, you know, even if you aren't really big on computers, if this is, you know, a profession you're looking to get into, if you've got these three traits, you can make it. So the first one is you definitely want to be responsible. This is sort of, you know, an industry where because you're, you're given a lot of responsibility and lots of power that... If you, you know, are one who has misused it in your past, or you know, people can't trust you, then it's going to be hard to to get and keep a job because, you know, a lot of times you do have contact with sensitive information mm. that you know you have to be trusted with. The second one is perseverance. A lot of these these potential flaws that you find are are easy to say, well, this might be a problem, but then to actually prove that it is and, and come up with something, uh, that's the hard part. That can take, you know days and nights on end of sitting at a computer, just plugging away. Um, And then the last one is really creativity um, because it's, like I said, it's not just a simple follow this process, get results. You really have to to be thinking outside the box and think you've got to be smarter than the person who designed the system and think of the cases they didn't think of
0: oh well, I appreciate you bring up that side of the sort of the, the creative side because as you said I mean I don't know if it's a myth or just in people's minds they think you know a to B to C and it as you you sort of mentioned in, in talking that it just doesn't work that way is there is there any way you can maybe give us a situation without using names or anything like that where you, you felt good about that creative process you went through or, or maybe it was some difficult challenge that you, you know, sort of solved the Rubik's Cube, so to speak.
1: <laughs> sure. Um, so when, you know, I approach a particular problem, uh, frequently clients will will tell us, you know, some sort of background on what their security is. And most of the time, you know, they come back with, you know, oh, we're pretty sure we're, we're secure. right? And so when you, you really start looking at things, Sometimes there are common problems, and you can sort of point them out right away. Um, actually, one of, one of the things ISE, um, my company, is known for, before I got here, though, uh, in 2007, we were the first ones to, to hack the iPhone. There was a, a reporter who gave us their phone. We went to a website, and we were able to pull all of the data off of their phone. So That's something sort of we're particularly proud of. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I uh, I do recall reading that, and as part of the reason I did stumble across you guys and wanted to, to talk with your company cause, uh that's a pretty good track record to have right off the bat, and obviously you bringing it up there sort of confirms that. Now, what is it really, with all the work that you do, the different things that you are looking to accomplish, what do you love most about what you do and, and your position currently?
1: Sure. Well, uh, it's easy. Um, I'm here at ISC because I love hacking things. Um, and really didn't want to go to jail for it. Um, so, I, you know, in, in college, I was a computer science major and focused on sort of the security aspect of things uh, where I could play sort of in a sandbox of things I was allowed to, to hack. Um, and then when I finished school, I was looking for a job where I could use these skills to, to do some good.
0: I think that's a good answer. I like the uh, not going to jail part that always is beneficial <laughs> yeah. to everybody. Uh, how about anything you don't like, anything that maybe you wish you could change or uh, just something that's maybe a frustration for yourself? Uh, anything that stands out for you in that regard?
1: Uh, well, the biggest thing is just the, the disillusionment that comes with the position. You know, I use a lot of services that, that use the Internet and use technology. And sure. you really start to realize that your personal information is probably not as secure as you think it is. <laughs> um, and Really, the, the people are not as security conscious as maybe they should be.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you think that affects you on a day-to-day basis? I mean, when you were maybe looking to purchase something or, as you mentioned, you're on some other site that you're interested in. I mean, does that actually change your behavior or the way you're thinking about a lot of things?
1: Well, I certainly do things um, differently than some of my peers. Um, I, you know, I have 10 to 15 different passwords. They're all you know, 12 to 20 characters long. Um, I frequently will, will browse the Internet through a proxy um, so that you know, nobody can sort of track all the different websites I've been to.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you know, some of my friends think I'm paranoid, and you know, maybe <laughs> I am a little bit. But really, when you, you start to see just you know, what gets stored on your computer and what gets sent you know, over the air, so-called in the clear, so that anyone with a computer can just pick it up and look at what you're looking at, it's, uh you know, a little disturbing.
0: Sure. No, I uh, I get that. And you're probably scaring a lot of our listeners right now, and they're uh, going to be jumping <laughs> on their computers and calling people they know, like, uh, yeah, how can we take care of this? Obviously, you love what you're doing, and, and that's probably a, a big incentive in and of itself. But our listeners are always curious as well. Hey, if I'm going to get into a profession like this, is it financially beneficial? Are there other perks to it? What's the compensation like? Would you be able to give us a ballpark figure of maybe, you know, where you are started with or maybe what the, the gap could be in terms of uh, just the financial compensation side of things?
1: Sure. Um, so it's, uh, it's actually a very diverse industry mm-hmm. because at this point, you know, everybody a medium to big size company wants some, somebody in charge of security. So if you're, uh, you know, a big big company CSO, chief security officer, you're making, you know, big bucks, easily six figures, possibly more. Um, if you're working at somewhere like ISE and you're sort of a, a private consultant, um, you know, with, with a bachelor's, maybe a ma- uh, master's, you're making pretty good money. I, you know, I'm living rather comfortably, but even just with, you know, a, a degree from, you know, a two year like community college type thing, you're probably looking at at least, you know, 40K.
0: All right. As you said, it's obviously going to run the gamut depending on where you are and and what exactly you're doing. But uh, I think it's good to give people an idea of the options out there and what they might be getting themselves into uh, you know j d It's been great talking to you, and we're getting low on time, but I did want to sort of open it up to uh, we always let our guests have the floor so to speak, to give our listeners a takeaway, something that you know you'd like to throw out there as a as a final piece of advice or tip if someone is interested in getting into this profession, this field in some route uh what would be your advice? what would be your takeaway
1: sure, so definitely, I think uh, computers are the way to go if you're you know, either in in high school or college and thinking about careers, or you're looking to switch careers, the more you understand how your computer works and and pull away that sort of that magical hood, um, the better you can use them, the better you can use these tools that are so powerful. So really, you know, start with computers, start looking at different programs, understanding the difference between a computer and Windows, and, you know, Linux and different operating systems and then maybe start looking at programming languages. There's, you know, everything from Python to, to C. These, you know, terms you'll come across, What are how do you use them, what can you do with them? And then, you know, once you understand how these tools you use every day are working, then you can really start to understand, well, how can someone break them? Uh, and there's a lot of good introductory material on, you know, hacking things or breaking things that once you understand, you really you get a huge leg up over, you know, everyone else, um, who's looking to get into the industry. So in particular, you know, if you're, you really want to start out there, community colleges are starting to have great, um, computer security programs, uh, especially in my area around, you know, Baltimore and DC. Um, and, you know, increasingly, uh, bigger colleges are too. So definitely, you know, take a programming class. If you if you know a bit about computers and you haven't, you know, you don't just understand how they work, but you know how to use them. If you have taken a programming class, I strongly suggest looking into computer security and um, defense against, you know, malicious hackers.
0: Great. Well, we definitely appreciate that uh, extra advice there, and hopefully our listeners who are interested will, will heed your uh, suggestions, and obviously they'll have to have a love for it, as you do, and that, that'll be a, another key to success. With that, we are going to have to wrap things up here on this edition of You Do What. Now, if you do enjoy the ins and outs of computers and helping others as opposed to possibly going to jail, as J.D. brought up, maybe ethical hacking is in your future. We've been speaking with J.D. Neer, who, again, is an associate security consultant for Independent Security Evaluators great having you on jd we appreciate the insight and uh hopefully uh, you continue to to do a lot of these positive things and you've helped others so thanks for coming on uh, thanks so much tim of course we do want to hear from you the listeners as well just let us know if you have any comments or suggestions for any of our podcasts just send an email to ljn radio at localjobnetwork.com. you've been listening to ljn radio i'm your host tim muma we'll talk to you later